Hello to each one of you, and welcome to the Wealth Coach Coach Podcast. I'm Rob Saunders, and together I know we will learn how to escape the hamster wheel, why we need to change our concepts, and who we can discover true happiness with. Wow, that's a lot of adventure, so let's let today's adventure begin. Hi friends, this is Rob Saunders. I'm so glad that we're together going through this coronavirus episode over our nation and the world together. You know, two are better than one and three are better than two. So we'll go through it together. Many of you know me as Wealth Coach Coach. I hope that C-O-D-E-S, wealthcodescoach.com. I'd love for you to visit my website. I've got so many uh, videos on there. Uh, I've been talking about the shaking that was coming and the, the frivolity of being on the hamster wheel for over 10 years now. I started January 10th, 2010 in Mumbai, India, uh, when I was speaking on Are You a Financial Hostage? Now, I've discussed that in different podcasts. I think even recently you get one from me on that. But I'm just, again, I said I'm so glad to be with you. Now, I want to make it clear that I'm not just pontificating uh, because I'm well and others are sick or I was financially wise and prepared for this catastrophe. I'm talking to you with four of my family members, uh, pretty sick. It's always scary for a father or parent or somebody that you love to see them go through these things. Uh, I had to self-quarantine because I was with them and I'm in my Oh, I'm in my 13th or 14th day now, depending on how you count it, without any symptoms. So it's interesting that God blessed a father to not have it and the daughter to have it. So who knows uh, God's mind behind these things? Maybe my daughter will be inoculated to it and it'll be a big blessing to her later when these things happen again. So I don't know how the Lord's working it out. I know that I've not entered into fear. So I'm going to speak to you now. I'm going to give you a title. I like this title. Faith versus fear, survive versus thrive in any crisis. Part two. So I want to give you some living examples. Uh, it's a living example that my family's actually suffering from the coronavirus. They're, they're getting well at home, but nonetheless, it's a challenge, uh, you know, to be sick. And I will say that they have fought, the, they're fighting the good fight. And uh, she said to me this morning, a merry heart doeth good like medicine, even though I might not feel merry dead, I won't confess that that I'm getting through this. 
And so we prayed together. You know, it's so much better to be real. <clears throat> now, with each other, and so I'm speaking to you in reality. So how can I come up with a message, faith versus fear, survive versus thrive in any crisis? I wonder if I've ever been in any crises. Well, I, <laughs> I've been in too many crises. I've been, I, I remember in Nigeria where they cut a tree across the road in the middle of the night and then you, uh, the car had to stop because there was a tree. I, I know they they saw me in a village back and being a white man. Now, listen, I was in Nigeria because I love my brothers and sisters in Nigeria. But nonetheless, so, some of the citizens in Nigeria saw me as a meal ticket. And they saw, they knew I was coming and they cut a tree down to the car, great big tree. I mean, three or four feet in diameter. Car didn't have any choice but stop. And uh, so then quickly we were surrounded by four men with submachine guns. And there I was in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere. Now, I, I would call that a crisis. And I had... Uh, thousands of dollars in cash on me that I'd brought to brought with me to give to the pastors in the church. I mean, and I was exposed. And so it was amazing. I'll never forget it. Uh, OJSN, he's gone on to be with the Lord, jumped out of that car. There were about four of us in the car. They, they thought they were protecting me. Listen, let me tell you something. Only God can protect you. And uh, surrounded, here were these men, violent-looking men surrounded in this car. And this dear pastor, apostle-type guy jumps out of the car and says, this man is a man of God. You know, the normal, if you'd have seen that happen in a movie, you'd have laughed said, a man of God? These guys don't care anything about a man of God. And he started yelling at them and preaching at them like he'd never seen anything like it. And, and the Holy Spirit moved. And I mean, of course, we could feel his presence. I mean, I, I didn't feel his presence when I first had all those machine guns aimed at me. Uh, but, you know, you could really feel the Lord's presence. And somehow or another, now, you would never be able to explain this. And I wouldn't want to be in this position again. But God, those men put their guns from pointing at me to pointing to the ground and waved us to go on. And they had cut a path that we couldn't see around the tree because that's how they got there. And we went on. And all those thousands upon thousands of dollars I had on me, and I'd had to gotten through the airport crooks, uh, the government crooks, uh, with, just with that money. I mean, God, when he wants to work a miracle, works a miracle. Now, my daughter's going through the coronavirus right now, and maybe the miracle, we'll find out what that is later. But God works in strange and wondrous ways, mysterious ways, 
Mysterion is the word in the Greek. So it, it secret ways. And I want this to encourage you. So whether you're on the suffering side or the escaping side, God is at work. And I want to tell you this title one more time, Faith Versus Fear, Survive Versus Thrive in Any Crisis. So I'm going to, you know, they say you tell stories and make points in three. So I'm going to tell you two more stories, quite personal. And, uh, uh, well, I might even tell you more than that. <laughs> but... Uh, I wanted. I started to t tell the one about. I was in the. I went to the Soviet Union. People thought that I was nuts in 1990 to even attempt to get a visa, which was a. Well, you talking about a trial and a test. And this is 1990, and I end up in the Soviet Union. Making a long story short, um, with a visa. That, that no American was allowed in the Soviet Union unless they were diplomat with a freedom of movement. But we ended up with a visa that was, gave us freedom of movement. And so here we are, and I had a total of $10,000 in cash. I mean, three, three daughters, uh, uh, 16, 18, and 21 or two. And a wonderful wife who's gone on to be with the Lord. And 10000 bucks, and that's all I bought. Now, I'm, I was a wealthy man, but that's just all I brought. I didn't want to get robbed. And so uh, so I want to tell you that I, I didn't survive. I didn't survive. I thrived somehow or another. When, when, I don't want to make that a statement of lack of faith, but I didn't understand how the Lord did it. But he gave me favor with the banks. And the banks would rather have traded with me, going in between them across the street, so to speak, and swap uh, rubles for dollars or fin marks uh, for rubles. Or, I mean, I had this intricate trading system all worked out. And the banks would rather deal with me than each other, and I made a small fortune and <laughs> starting off with 10,000 bucks. And they would lend me money. I'd walk in there, and if I, uh, you know, had some business reading, something well, I wouldn't borrow if it wasn't good reason. And they would just take the money out and hand it to me and say, here, bring it back. When are you going to pay this back? <laughs> take it out of somebody's account. They had pretty... Pretty simplistic ways of accounting in those days. But, uh, and even there in the Soviet Union, sure enough, uh, we were in Leningrad. They called it Leningrad at that time. I really want you to remember this. If you're going to serve the Lord and go to difficult places like the Soviet Union or Nigeria um, or and I've been in so many difficult countries. I don't want to name them because I don't want to speak down on them. But, uh, and sure enough, they made us take two taxis 
because, you know, foreigners, they wanted the income. They wanted that foreign currency. So they wouldn't let you put five people in one camp, even if they were big. So there we were, got separated. So I had uh, one daughter, the youngest of me, and then the other two daughters with the wife. I don't know how it happened that way, but anyway, that's the way it happened. And this cab driver right in front of us at a light pulled a 45 pistol out of his pocket. I, I could see it. I was right behind him and put it up against my wife's head. Now, you're talking about visions of Nigeria. This was even worse because don't forget, earlier we were talking about that if your family or your especially a wife or a daughter is in difficulty than the husband. I mean, it's, it's, it's much worse on him. And I don't know what he was thinking about doing, but, um, and maybe he wanted money. I did not, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't know. But God has to keep you in those circumstances. And if he doesn't keep you, nobody, you're not going to be kept. And so I might try and explain some of these things by human words, but if God, unless the Lord watches over the house, the watchman awakes in vain. I don't know what happened, but eventually he uncocked that forty-five, put it back in his pocket. Man, and when we got to the hotel, he sped off quickly. I'm sure my wife paid him, but... I'm just, I want you to know that we can either choose faith or fear, or we can choose to survive or thrive in any crisis. And so when you've been through some of them, then, then you have more faith. And that's why we say, if fear knocks on the door and your faith answers the door, nobody will be there. <laughs> nobody will be at the door. I, I said, in a recent podcast, I said 80% of Americans cannot write a check for $500 in a crisis. And God never intended it to be that way for his, his children. He said, we're the head and not the tail. He said, we're on the top and not underneath the pile on the bottom. So many that all of his promises are yes, and they worked out through him to give the blessing, the benediction, the amen. And Christians, it is time to shake ourselves and not live below your calling in his choosing you. And I could repeat that. I repeat this to myself every day. I could do it every hour. Psalm 23, just the first verse alone. When we make the Lord our shepherd, our provider, that he takes care of his sheep, then we shall not experience. I, I will have no lack, want, need, or decrease. For the Lord is my shepherd. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to go through temporary shaking and testing, but the end result is going to be you knew the Lord provided for you. So I want to read you this out of uh, the March 20th God Calling, if any of y'all are familiar with God Calling, and if you're not, you would be fortunate to be 
familiar with it, but I want you to read this. Read this the other day. And it says, I, the Lord, the I am, depend on no one agency when I am your supply. Through many channels, my help and material flow can come. The problem is we quit looking for the many channels. Uh, I was in my 30s, and I was in a lawyer's office, and I uh, was in a, I was, I figured I'd had it financially. I mean, I was doomed. <laughs> but anyway, I'm in this office, this lawyer's office. This meeting's been put off for now, and, and I, I'm by myself. And they had one of those huge whiteboards. I bet that thing was 12 feet long. So I started drawing these trees. And I, okay, I'll draw seven trees. So I drew the trees. And so then I thought, now what? And then I thought, well, I'll name each tree. I'm the huge problem of each tree. And so and they were all financial. And I was the only one that knew I was in trouble. <laughs> you know, sometimes if you see... I could think, you know, I could see something coming. I'd be the only one know, knew, and everybody else think I was doing great. <laughs> but I knew in 90 days, this, gonna, this ain't going to be good. And it was one of those kind of times. Well, I, I, I drew the name on each tree. And then I got the what I call the word from the Lord. Maybe it's just practical way. Look at it. You can interpret it any way you want. But... I felt sure in my heart that I could cut down each tree, and the word to me was one at a time. And I couldn't handle the forest. The seven trees were the forest, but I could handle one tree at a time, one, one gigantic boogeyman at a time. But the point is that if we listen to the Lord, now if you want to deal with faith versus fear, if you want to deal with survive versus thrive in any crisis, you've got to hope and expect the blessing of the Lord to get you through it. And so often in my life I can say, oh, I got myself into this, but the Lord said, I'll get you out. But look, I don't want you repeating this. I want you to learn from this. And that's my word to you. We've been accepting far less than we're called to be for so long. But, but church, we're going to shake ourselves and expect. The word hope means expect. And expect all the goodness and generosity that God has for us. That doesn't mean that you can't get the coronavirus. It doesn't mean that you can't be shaken. But he will get you through it. So I hope that encourages you. I appreciate your time. I think this podcast is long enough. I appreciate your time, uh, but I want to leave you with hope, which means expectation. And I want to leave you that you need to change your concepts. And I've said in times past, you need to get off this world's hamster wheel. It's just failed. It's just failed everybody that was on it. Now, I would expect that it'll recover this time, but just it'll happen again. 
we need to take this time to get our act together and to live life God's way, enjoy abundance and love. We're shaking so that we are uh, have confidence in who we are and who he is and that we'll get through the next one. All right. Now, friends, you pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Pray for my family going through the coronavirus. And as the Bible says, we'll love one another and hold each other up and expect the good things. And Catherine Kuhlman said, don't you come to the ocean of God's generosity and goodness with a teacup and don't overlook at your circumstances. Look at, look at what God can do. I hope that refreshes you. This is your friend Rob Saunders, your wealthcoachcoach.com. And Mr. Love and Laughter, uh, thanking you for your time and wishing every big blessing upon you. I've so enjoyed sharing today's episode with you. To learn so much more about true happiness, our coaching programs, and our video courses, please join me at wealthcoachcoach.com. Look forward to talking to you soon.